0: Brady Shea is going to score a goal, or I am actually going to lick a ranger. It's a lot harder to identify an angel, because that's the the spiritual
1: world. But it's much easier to quantify the data of someone who's a warrior, because they've seen war. But they're just like, by the the way, the dog is kind of dangerous.
0: (laughs) Your children, unsupervised children, here's some pennies. And I'm going to allow the dog to to roll. And (laughs) And the dog will (laughs) roam free. Yeah.
1: Best of luck. Remember to cover your neck and throat if you get knocked down. And your carotid artery above all else. There's a predator, who
0: will have an instinct. Um, yeah. Well, hello there. Oh, well, they heard. They heard that beginning. And I'm not. I'm not editing it out. Keep it it's in. It's I don't give it. It's sh- staying in. Uh, it is eight o'clock. Eight o three actually. We started at eight o'clock prompt, but uh. You know, Mike. Uh, yeah, some industrial. Mike. Yeah, there's some type of industrial fan or something going on behind Mike that we heard that we tried to edit out. But um, we're here again. My name is Joe Fortunato. I'm your host. I am joined by Michael Murphy. Mikael, how are you?
1: Why are you the host? Why am I? Why are we not co-hosts?
0: Well, I said I am your host, Joe Fortunato. Joined as always by my co-host, Michael Murphy.
1: No, you didn't say co-host. You just enjoyed. what did I say? I don't know, but it, I was listening intently for anything that sounded like host.
0: Well, uh, well, why would you listen to that?
1: Why is this just an ego project for you? Why it can't it we has be, to be. It why can't have... we be equals and partners?
0: Well, because you know how this works. You know what this is. Um, some interesting news, Michael. We have two new patrons. Ooh. We are three patrons away from hashtag glove challenge. What did we say by by the end of June? We said by the end of June. So there's plenty of time right now for hashtag glove challenge. I mean, we're on pace. Um, We're on pace. Yeah, we're going to we might get there. So if you don't know what that is, go listen to the show two weeks ago. And uh, yeah, thank you all for the support, by the way, for last week's episode of the David Quinn extravaganza. Went really, really well. We interviewed Jeff Cox and uh, Jake Reiser. They said great things about Quim. We kind of we've had a week now to sort of settle into the idea of Mr. David Quim and Michael. You had some thoughts. Are you Saying Quim, Quinn, Quinn. All right. Make sure you hit that N because
1: Quim is an old English word for vagina.
0: Well, that's. I'm definitely not saying that. I'm saying Quinn. All right, Quinn. Quinn. Hit that N. Give me that David N. Quinn. Quinn, um, Michael, you had some thoughts on Mr. Quinn. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you give them to us?
1: I it's it's interesting because I we didn't have this opportunity with Vinia where we have the podcast where we can give kind of our uh, shooting from the hip, our our gut reactions, and then listen back in a few years and realize we we're idiots. Um, but I I look at Quinn as a guy with a lot of potential to be the right coach. Um, I know that. You know, I just listened on MSG Networks to Steve Vallecat kind of talk over why he feels that Quinn is such a great fit. And, you know, it really was, it feels like all along it was something, internally it was really a choice between Montgomery and Quinn. And the Rangers didn't get Montgomery, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they wanted him more than Quinn. Uh, This is just kind of the way things, kind of, you know, the way the dominoes fell i i look at him as a guy who could be you know very much like a hands-on players coach rubbing your shoulder on the bench uh boston accent uh makes probably makes me want to watch what is it what's that leonardo dicaprio movie with matt damon and uh robert de niro uh
0: i'm terrible with movies you know that you did this to embarrass me, and it's working.
1: Well, I've embarrassed us both. Anyway, there's there's going to be a lot of, he sounds, you know, he sounds like a guy who I feel like is going to be able to work with the D, which is particularly, 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 this podcast has been ruined. Particle,
0: particle, particularly. Particular particular. I don't understand why you can't say this right now. I can't say that word, Joe. Say it right now. No, we're going to get through this live on the podcast. <laughs> I, it's like a speech impediment. <laughs> yeah, say developed. it. Say it. Particularly. Hey! No, particularly. No, you're skipping yes, a fucking L. I am not. It is particularly. 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 You're a Lee. You're a Lee. I can't do it. You could do it. <laughs>
1: I can't do it.
0: Particular. Particularly. No. Yes. You're forgetting. There's another I, L at the I'm, end. Look, prick. Particular. particularly. Yes. Particular. Now you're making me screw up. You're the worst speech
1: therapist in the history of speech therapy. Now you're- I
0: can't even say it. Do you realize that you've infected me with this now? Particularly, this is not a disease. particularly Part. That was the worst one yet. Particularly. particularly. Part- anyway. God damn it.
1: Everyone's going to think we're high. Um, they are. I, I think he's going to be quite good. See, that's what
0: I do. I just I skirt quite around good. that Particularly word. good. Particularly. Uh, quite good. <laughs> <laughs> particularly. Particularly is the answer. Final answer. Particularly.
1: Oh, uh, No. We can't keep all this, can we? I mean...
0: We can. It's 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 going <laughs> to remain. I'm not re-editing the podcast the second time. Particularly. Part- particularly. Maybe that was it. That was good. We both just had pretty good ones. Particularly. Pa- Plus, why does it make it easier in a British accent? I don't know why it makes it
1: easier, but it really did make it easier. Anyway, I think it's interesting because there are, there are so many young D in the system, which was not at all the case before the trade deadline, but now... The Rangers have Lindgren, Hayek, and, you know, Rikov, and of course, you know, they have the guys like Pionk, who has NCAA experience. John Gilmore is another guy who, you know, I don't think, I don't know, Joe, do you expect Gilmore to be here on, you know, the main roster next season on like the third pair?
0: Well, you know what I did. I don't. I don't really know what the Rangers' plan is. To be completely honest with you, because, I don't think anyone knows. And I don't. I. They may not know. To be completely honest with you, um, one of the things that Mike had brought up beforehand, that before we recorded, maybe when no, it was definitely before we, we recorded, that I think speaks volumes is that. Quinn is going to live and die at least the first two years um, on his ability to develop players. Uh, There's so much to be said for the way that the Rangers went about this coaching search, the way that the Rangers pinpointed a guy who could develop, the things that we've heard that even if he throws a healthy scratch out there, he's got his hand on your back and he's explaining what he needs from you somebody who doesn't alienate the players. We've seen a lot of quotes from David Quinn about things that I think we haven't really seen where he's saying you're not gonna develop a prospect or a player or a youthful player unless you have a relationship with them. If I have to go to Guam to see these guys, I'll go to Guam to see these guys. Talking about the characteristics in a coach's ability to get through to someone, and something that I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you right now. I hate the word millennial. I hate the word millennial. I hate the the negative connotation that it has. It drives me crazy. For those of you who are NFL fans, though, um, Josh Rosen, who was selected in the first round this year, was referred to as a millennial because his head coach said that Rosen can't just be told what to do. He needs to be told why he's doing it, and that that's a quote millennial feature right and Quinn mentioned that kids these days need to know not just what they're doing but why they're doing it because that's how you learn you you can't just say hey move your stick this way well why am I moving my stick that way explain to me what the process is and I'll understand why that makes an impact and it will make me better and Quinn subscribes to that level of thinking but it's not because he's a millennial I hate my god do I hate the term millennial it gets thrown around my work so much I don't even I'm particularly angry about this.
1: It is a particularly annoying word for Particular.
0: I could say particular. I can say particular all day. I can say particle beam. Particularly. I can say tricky words like quandary. Quandary. Quinundrum. Um, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah, but apparently neither of us can say... Sally sells seashells by the seashore. I could do all that. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? How many times can you say toy boat? Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. See, that's the only speed I can go, though. Yeah, that's I could do it at that speed. If I go toy boat, toy boat, toy. See, I can't even. Everyone says toy boat, toy boat. Um, but the important thing to remember about Quinn in general is that he understands the fact that you're not just yelling instructions to these kids, right? You're not just throwing things out there, you're not telling somebody go fight for the puck and not explaining what that means. Um, I I think the, the jury was out on the way that Quinn operated and the way that he behaved and almost everybody who's worked with him before, almost everybody who's seen him coach, Kevin Shattenkirk seems to be really the link because Quinn coached him with Lake Erie in the AHL and also he was the assistant coach when they won the national championship in 2009 with Shattenkirk on the team, is tough but fair. And this is where everybody came in and they said, oh, he's gonna bench people too, he's a tough player, he's scratched Shattenkirk, all these Rangers bloggers are gonna be really angry. I never gave a damn that Vigneault elected to use healthy scratching or benchings to prove a point. That never bothered me. It's really the only way to get into a player in the game or between games. What bothered me was that that root of punishment only existed for ten percent of the roster. That's what bothered me. If Quinn does that to everybody, so you're like a and everybody is held to know. the same standard. Exactly. I want to know, know why. If they're all held to the same standard, that's fine. If Clendenning was sitting on the bench, but Dan Girardi got healthy scratched, or if Tanner Glass got healthy scratched, it would be a different story. But that never happened. I That's feel like my problem. Our listeners need a bingo
1: sheet. They do and for how many? Like you old just things brought up, reference Clendenning, Girardi,
0: and Tanner Glass. Should I talk about Emerson Needham and Jason Megna? Yeah, we'll talk about just taking off the bingo board. But I, like, I don't. The Nathan tough Gerby. but fair. I don't care. I don't care if there's a tough coach back there. I like the fact that even when he puts a guy on the bench, he has his hand on his shoulder and he's explaining to him what he needs out of him. And we heard that from Jake Reiser. And I like the fact that a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk, who is arguably one of the best players on that Lake Erie team, I would assume, gets the same treatment as anybody else would. I like that. I don't think that's asking too much. But like Mike said, the opportunity to, to kind of digest this, I don't see any reason or anything that Quinn has said that has not made me excited. Nothing. That's my takeaway, too.
1: I feel like, you know, we saw the press conferences and, you know, that left us with plenty to digest and kind of ruminate over. And I think the impression that everyone got is that this is a very likable guy. Uh, I'm not sure he, he comes off as anything other than, like, you know, he's he's going to be very involved with his players. And he has a history of really working with and connecting With this players, we heard, you know, Kevin Hayes and Shattenkirk both kind of offer their opinion in interviews with Trotwig about why, of course, they're excited. You know, it's not like they're gonna do that interview and say, you know, I don't know, Uh, I hope it works out. But there's a lot, a lot on the line for the Rangers with this coaching hire, and I, I really get the impression that they did their homework and they did their due diligence here. And a lot of that comes from they sweetened the pot twice. You know, they gave him the five-year deal. You know, they, how many times did we hear Quinn answer questions from the media where he said, you know, this is, it would take an opportunity like the Rangers for me to leave, you know, where, how happy he was, where he was. So I, I'm very intrigued to see how he manages in particular, Joe, uh, the Rangers European players, you know, and obviously that means running a highlighter across the name Pavel Buchnevich because he has a pretty finite experience, from what I understand, with players outside of, you know, players from outside of North America. And we know that he is not exactly opposed to, you know, players who take chances and are creative. You know, he's, he's worked with a lot of really kind of special and dynamic players, uh, you know, where, you know, at the NCAA level and obviously, you know, Shattenkirk at the AHL level. And, you know, we've heard that, you know, he's he's definitely not afraid to sit guys down regardless of how big of a name they are. But what I want to know is how how he'll be able to connect with these players. We've, you know, we saw, you know, Carp uh, write about how it's going to be, you know, for the athletic, it's going to be a big challenge really for, for him to find a way. It's gonna be an important connection he has to make with Booch in particular. And that's that I feel like to me might be the pH test for what my first impressions of Quinn as the coach are going to be is how how does he manage the roster and outside of the guys with the NCAA experience? Because there there's a lot of Rangers, as it turns out, with with NCAA experience and that's that's kind of a good thing cuz it it should help that transition for him.
0: Yeah, I think the one of the most important things that we're going to see from Quinn is developing trust again, right? That that he could be trusted to dole out the ice time and dole out the the roles and make sure that everybody's aware of the fact that um, this is the way that he expects the game to be played, this is the way that he's going to hold players accountable, this is the way that he's going to run the room, and I'll be quite frank and tell you that anybody on the Rangers, any kid who has had their entire career play out under Elaine Vigneault, they've never had that opportunity before. They've never had the opportunity of knowing what was what, right? Unless you were a veteran who never once had any type of question about your role, There was no trust factor to what was and wasn't going to get you benched, to what was and wasn't going to lose you ice time. And I think seeing that today is going to be, I'm going to say, a really cool thing to see because you are going to see these kids who really haven't had the confidence in their game get an opportunity to reclaim it. And I find it hysterical and really ironic that Vigneault's T-shirt idea, the first year that he came to the Rangers, was clean slate grab it. And five years later, David Quinn is pretty much saying the same thing to all these kids: "Clean slate, come grab it." And I forgot all about that t Hopefully, in five years, we're not uh, we're not saying the same thing about whoever the next coach is. Maybe the Rangers will take my resume seriously um, when I (laughs) I give it again. So, listen, just shut your shut your face, okay? They should take it seriously. one thing that I, I do want to mention, and it's, it's the thing that's gotten me the most excited about David Quinn, the most excited, Adam brought up that Quinn was asked what toughness meant to him. Toughness. And do you know what he said, Michael? What does toughness mean, Joe? He said the ability to take a hit and make a play. Ooh. And that is... That's something that Shattenkirk does all day, by the way, folks. That is the epitome of toughness in this new age NHL. You get Jeff Gordon, who says the Rangers lacked toughness. And if he meant it that way, I think that's something everybody can get behind, right? Because there's two types of physicality. There's smart physicality, and there's physicality for the sake of physicality. And Tom Wilson, as an example, is physicality.
1: Uh, I don't want to talk about Tom Wilson.
0: That's all he is. We don't have to talk about him. That's it. That's the end of it. Um. I hate Tom Wilson. Rick Nash, I would argue, is the smart kind of physicality, when he has to be. So, there is a fine line there to be drawn. And if the Rangers are going in that direction, that toughness means taking a hit to make a play, well, that's all right by me. Is that all right by you, Michael?
1: Yeah. That, I mean, that's. I feel like taking a hit to make a play it feels like a very safe definition of toughness, because the other thing you know what you have to do to, in order to be hit joe you have to have you have to have the puck uh and you know i'm i'm definitely connecting dots that need not be connected there but i, I it's connected to me because it was something i noticed looking back on shantonkirk's kirk's year is how how frequently he was hit and that doesn't come as a come as a surprise because of the fact that he had the puck uh, you know in the rangers own zone so often and you know he would have to make that that first pass to get the puck moving in the in the other direction and naturally he would take a hit um and i feel like that's that's a, an encouraging sign to he, to hear that language from quinn i am you know there's there's a lot there's a lot of things i find myself asking like i i feel like for whatever reason he's gonna fall in love with vc i just feel like that's just gonna happen um if 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 in fact he already isn't already in love with VC, you know. Uh, going back to Steve Valakett, and I was watching just kind of the MSG networks going over all the Quinn signings, you know, to before the show tonight, and you know he was looking back at all the, you know, all the RFAs the Rangers have to figure out, and you know he feels like the Rangers are. Definitely going to be paying Hayes like a first or second line center because that's really what he is and has become, and he's kind of earned that. Um, but what, what stood out to me is just how many, you know, how, what the impact of Quinn might be on some of these guys and what happens with the contract negotiations. And, you know, VC and Hayes are obviously among them because of their, you know, their experience in the NCAA. Uh, I'm among them. What's that?
0: I was just making a joke, a poorly timed joke, because you were making a good point.
1: Oh well, thanks for ruining ruining the whole show.
0: I did, uh, but yeah,
1: myself. I I feel like that is that's it's an interesting little wrinkle here, and you know we could spend you know fifty minutes going over all the interesting little wrinkles that that come with you know Quinn getting the job as you know we already did you know had our guests on and really went over exactly what kind of coach he is, but. I feel like we're in this really unique period now, Joe, where we have, you know, what is it, about 23, 24 days before the draft and Quinn is on the coaching staff and Lindy Ruff is on the coaching staff. And the Rangers have their video coach and their goaltending coach. And that's it. Uh, We don't know what the hell's going to happen with Ruff. In all likelihood, nothing or he's... And my guess would be he's the off-the-ice coach. Uh, you know, the coach who watches up from uh, the owner's box or whatever the hell. You know, up there with the, the bird's-eye view and offers, you know, his old folksy wisdom. But, you know, beyond that, it's, it's a really interesting, you know, kind of wrinkle. I keep saying wrinkle. I don't want to keep saying wrinkle. It's interesting wrinkle. to think about what's going to happen with the rest of his coaching staff. And, you know, we've already seen some coaching changes throughout the league. Uh, but I, I'm I'm most interested in whether or not they're going to try and find guys that he has a connection with. You know, he was a part of that. Uh, you know, the Colorado Avalanche organization with his time with Lowell, and the one year he was the assistant there with the Avs. Uh, but obviously, you know, BU has a pretty pretty good little coaching network that's currently in the NHL. So I'm I don't know. I I, I want. I want very badly to kind of see what happens next. That's that's what I want more than anything. Yeah,
0: I think I think we're all waiting for for that type of a. Uh, Do they
1: give him an old man coach, an old man assistant coach who's been around, seen it all? like I, I a, don't
0: I don't know if they're going to give him anyone. I mean, if you're bringing Quinn into this type of situation, I, I think the response has to be okay. Quinn can bring in Quinn's people. You know what I mean? There's no. Yeah. I don't think there's any reason and, and the. Lindy Ruff's story has kind of taken on a life of its own, but the Rangers apparently Quinn and Ruff need to have a conversation with one another um, to see if there's a fit on both sides. So there's certain going to no lock them in a room, that, right? That that Ruff is going to come back either, and you know what you I know, would do? I would lock them in a room with a box with the board game
1: Connect Four, and that way, you know, there's a lot of eye contact in Connect Four. There's a lot of like chatter. There's a lot of like. You look at each other. You try and
0: read each other. It's a tactics thing. I have a better game for that. What's your better game? Guess who. Oh, that's fun. Guess who's all about reading the other guy. All about it. I would say Connect Four is, is a
1: better better ske- sketch.
0: like kind of I am sketch. not particularly fond of that response. Good job, Joe. Um... Yeah, I mean, we could, like you said, it's it's we've we're in the podcast twenty two minutes now, and we've we've covered and, and sort of discussed all these things about David Quinn. That he's we also really not a young a, man. I should point no, out. No, he was. Like you know, he's, but he's not old. I mean, fifty one is not not old by coaching standards. No, it's probably sure. it's a little bit old. I would say now, but um, not it feels like a little ancient. older now because so many babies are getting hired in the league now. They're just hiring children, just hiring them, and yeah, right babies. The Right from the womb, come out of the womb, you're right on the ice. There from it is, straight out of pull-ups, right behind <laughs> the. Straight, straight out of pull-ups, yeah. Um, we have a couple of questions. I totally oh. forgot to ask people questions, so I panicked. I didn't know tweeted. We had questions. Um, well, we, I mean, what other content do we have?
1: Why Why are people supposed to become patrons if if you run such a slapdash
0: show? Um, Michael Murphy. Is a whale. That's the answer to that question. Anything
1: else you want to throw out there, Michael? If I'm a whale, then I'm pretty safe in terms of things can't hurt me, including your hurtful words.
0: Hmm.
1: Am I a toothed whale or a baleen whale? Mm, Toothed, for sure.
0: So. Yeah, you can just. But I'm a a colossal squid, then. Well, that's fine. Let's, Let's go. Um. Jamie Bussold, who continues to compliment us, great show, guys. keep it up, that's really nice of him. That's how you get your question read. Yeah. What is more likely, trading up from nine to say five, six, or seven, or trading into the teens from twenty-six? Thanks. Don't break any more shanks. Break shanks. What what is? Did we mention shanks?
1: I don't. I don't recall.
0: I don't either. Shank
1: is a funny word. Did we break a shank? Is that a
0: saying of sorts?
1: It might be a saying. I guess. If it is, Joe, it is a particularly.
0: God damn it! It's a particularly. Particularly. You're right. By the way, when I say it, I say particularly, and I avoid the middle L. Well, but it gets the point across. No, the the middle L, because it's not particularly. Joe, spell particularly right now. P A R T I C U L, which I always miss. A R L Y. That is correct. Particularly, particularly, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I'm getting tongue tied. Um, Jamie, I would, I don't think the Rangers are trading up from nine because the the price is going to be just unbelievably ridiculous. Um, the price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> the price is wrong, Bobby. Uh, I mean, trading into the teens from 26, I, I, I personally, and I am not Jeff Gordon. That may surprise some people, but I'm not Jeff Gordon. Um, I, I think I'd rather have the draft picks unless someone ridiculous is falling and you don't think they're going to be there at 26. Michael, your thoughts?
1: I think more likely is is the latter scenario where they, they turn one of their later firsts and they package someone – uh IE Nemesnikov or Spooner or dare I even say Zook and jump say up the it. draft board into the teens um it, it I feel like there's there's so much potential I feel like now to 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 make calls and moves on draft day and but like you said that getting into that top 8 everyone wants to be there that's the other thing is everyone wants to be there so you're really gonna have to pay you know an exorbitant price just to just to get a seat at that table and I don't I don't think that should rule the Rangers out because especially if the organization is has fallen in love with someone but the other thing to keep in mind is every year Joe there's always someone who falls a little little later than they should just a little yeah a little, a and, little falls.
0: well Merkley seems like he's gonna be that guy this year by all counts yeah um, we're doing. We're currently in the midst of the SB Nation mock draft, and um, the draft is com- really the first twenty picks or so are concluded um, before the picks start going public. And I'm not going to ruin who's been picked so far, but we're through the first four, and I've gotten some requests because you can do trades for the ninth overall pick. And I think I'm going to stand pat, not because the offers aren't good enough, but because I'm genuinely curious what the Rangers are going to have on the board at nine. And this draft is a really good opportunity to see who's a riser and who's a faller. Um, I'm just I'm curious to see the way that it goes. So um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I, these questions are difficult because I even uh, I'll say one of the websites request and I, I don't know if they want it known that they're out there trying to give the pick so I'm just going to I'll glaze over who it is but they were like hey we're looking to do a deal for the ninth overall pick what would it take and my honest answer was well it depends because if Wallstrom is on the board if Boquist is on the board if Hughes are on the board that's a totally different conversation than if they're all gone right Uh, and it's to Chuck and Kanemi and, you know, whoever else, Ty Smith or Dobson or whatever it might be. And even then, I think I would, it would need to be pried out of my hands. But, um, yeah, not sure I see, uh, not sure I see any type of real trade unless the Rangers try to trade up from 26 to the mid-teens with Zuccarello or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um... Michael something's
1: Silvers. That's my real guess. Is what? Some,
0: some, something's going to happen on draft day. Well, yeah, day. something has to. They have to draft people. Well, goddamn you. Yeah. God damn you and curse it's just, you. It's
1: not a particularly and uh tire shoes, response. Shoelaces, shoelaces together make you fall like it's a comedy before they put sound in comedies. And then I spit mm-hmm. on you. I just spit in your face.
0: <laughs> Michael Silvers. Which players on the current roster, despite it's likely to change in this offseason, do you think will benefit the most with David Quinn as the head coach? Neil Poink. Really? Yeah. Really. I'm surprised. Why are you surprised? Because I, I think if if P- Pionk duplicated last year's point total in an 82-game season, um, we would be thrilled. I don't think Pionk has m- much. Well, to I, don't, I don't measure... Uh, he's not an offensive
1: defenseman. I don't measure his success by his production. Well, wait, I would, I would, I think he is an offensive defenseman. I'm pretty sure he was in college. I would call him more of a two way guy than just like a guy who you look oh, at. Well, as, yeah, like yeah he's I guess. Not a see, Shattenkirk prototype. I, no, I,
0: I see what you're saying. Um, and I understand the distinction because I I'll think spit it's spit on sort your of,
1: face, <laughs> I'll trip you down, of, spit in your face.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if, uh, you know, Pionk had 14 points in 28 games. He's not he's not shooting at a 41-point 40, uh, pace next year. It's just not possible. I didn't say he would, Joe. But you know what? You know the, who the last person is that I said that about? Who's that? Brady Shea. And Brady Shea did just that. Brady brady all of He should place.
1: help Brady Shea, too. That's that's was, was probably most important for the organization. I mean, my...
0: Anti-climactic his- answer is Buchnevich. Wow, that's I don't, anti-climactic. I don't see how. I don't. Uh, just with a, a confidence, a consistent role, and somebody who can actually develop his talent, I don't see how Buchnevich doesn't take a step next year. An enormous here's, step.
1: Here's how I see this playing out. What, uh, after the first Rangers practice, Quinn is going to go up to Buch, and he's going to he's, he's going to take out. Uh, tinfoil, from from his a little thing of tin foil from his little his little briefcase I right? like it already and he's gonna he's gonna unwrap it and it's a sandwich that is, that is his loving wife made for him and he's gonna hand half the sandwich to Booch and keep half the sandwich for himself and he's gonna say let's take a walk they're gonna be at you know at a hockey rink but some kind of sandwich gonna, is it uh, it's gonna have a lot of meat in it Quinn seems like a man like uh i would say salami would be in there That's um, interesting. i'm not sure what cheeses are most prevalent in boston i cheddar. would imagine probably cheddar cheddar so, so salami and cheddar and probably ham he seems like a multiple meat in a sandwich kind of guy and then his wife puts a little lettuce in there cuz she worries about his cholesterol and then and his fiber he gets to, into, to a fishing hole and then he just starts to talk to him about his game and they share the sandwich and then it takes maybe two, three hours before he realizes that uh Bucinavich is very limited English. And but he, all along he's just kinda nodding and, and he's going along with it and he likes
0: the idea. But that sandwich, Joe that sandwich was all it took. Uh, is that the scene in A Beautiful Mind? When it might he hands be. the kid the sandwich and he says, I hope you like mayo? I don't remember. But- I, I think it is. When he's like older. No, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think Buchnevich is, is a guy that's going to get a big jump. Um, I just don't, I don't know. I don't see any way that, that he doesn't get an enormous an enormous jump. You want to know who my dark horse pick is, though? Buchnevich would be my dark horse pick. Really? No, Buchnevich yeah. is my odds on favorite. My dark horse, one Anthony D'Angelo. He is definitely, to me, well, obviously,
1: this is D'Angelo's, he's got to... Yeah, last, absolute last chance. He's got to figure it out here. Yeah. This is his last crack at the pinata. Um, I, I want to see Quinn take the D'Angelo project by the horns and snap his phone in half, throw it in that fishing hole, and then get him focused on playing hockey and being a, a guy who can make a difference and you know, get him focused on the right stuff. Uh, keep him healthy. Keep him focused. I—it's so crazy to me how many kind of projects there are on the Rangers blue line. Because even even Lindgren, to an extent, feels to me a lot like a project just because of what we've seen, you know, in video and and the scouting reports yeah. on him. You know, it's if you can mold him into something, he'll be pretty exceptional but until then you might be looking at a guy who struggles to to get to the nhl level and is just like a third pair guy at best who's really physical and is the sort of guy who throws the hit that starts the fight and sparks your team and what the hell but then again we already know that quinn has his own definition of toughness so i I don't know d'angelo
0: is a very intriguing pick joe particularly good pick particularly particularly it is particularly yes you're doing um, we're both doing better i'm very proud of us. he is a particularly interesting case look at you go yeah um that was a fucking because he quinn works really well with defensemen and if if he can connect with d'angelo on a level of listen this is your last chance right there is no more buses. There are no more buses behind me. This is the last one I had to dodge. Get your crap together and, and let's spoon feed you a little bit of a role, maybe a second power play role, and here's how we get your confidence up. That's what I think D'Angelo needs. And he didn't get that under Vigneault. He definitely went to Hartford with the wrong attitude because he was abysmal. And the ironic part is that when he came back up to the NHL, he was really good until he got hurt. So, Even though he
1: was playing with Rob O'Gara yeah, he still that's my, did a very admirable job In terms of the underlying numbers
0: That's my dark horse um, That's a great dark horse, Victor You're doing a good job Thank you, a particularly good job um, Mike, I'm going to say Vecchio But it might be Vecchio Of all the prospects that we acquired at the deadline Who do you think is the best chance to make the opening night roster? I think we answered this last week Or the week before, maybe But I, I will answer like it again Lieber Hayek Mike thinks Howden because he's wrong. Oh, no. You said Lindgren, didn't you? No, I didn't say Lindgren. Wrong.
1: You don't even know my answer, and you're saying wrong.
0: What's your answer? My answer is you should go to hell. I'm going to spit yeah, that, on your face. It's Howden. Wasn't it Howden? No. I
1: don't even remember what I said. I think it was
0: Lindgren. Eh, whatever. There's no way it was Lindgren. I'm not high on Lindgren. Dave. Standard deep dish or Sicilian pizza? Ooh. Dave, that's a good question. Well, deep dish is immediately out. Yeah, I agree. That's with not pizza. That. That's that's that's, the, that's cake. Yeah, that's that's a, it's, that's a, a it's a pie. Disgusting cake.
1: That's that's so much more bread than you want. Pizza is really a question of the balance between cheese, sauce, and bread. You can you can get all over me about toppings, but they're all, they're just an ancillary factor. The primary factors is that triumvirate and the balance therein. You have to find. The happy balance. And I, I'm a person, I don't want too much sauce, Joe. I'm also, I don't want too much grease. You can't, When when grease gets around my face, like a little halo of shame, of orange shame, that's not good. I uh, I'll take a normal pizza, but I definitely definitely like the Sicilian to yeah, shake it
0: up. I, it kind of depends on my mood. I'm a big fan of a of a regular pizza, especially New Haven style pizza, where it's a little bit thinner, nice crispy crust. They really the cheese is nice and brown on top. Um, I've gotten into Twitter wars about the fact that New Haven pizza is better than New York pizza. Come at me, but I will say, Sicilian pizza has one distinct advantage over regular pizza. The corner organized crimes,
1: organized crime.
0: Oh, the, the corner slices. Yeah, it's oh, not the okay. Sicilians in general. Um, the corner slices because you get so much corner more crust slices. with your pizza, and I love the crust.
1: Yeah, I also, I find myself I can eat a, an, an absurd amount of Sicilian pizza. Meaning, like when you eat the like the pieces in the middle that have no crust, it's like yeah, those are like crackers, really, you know. Um, I want to ask you a question. Go ahead. What is your favorite of the chain pizzas, like fast food pizza, like Domino's, Pizza Hut? What
0: Papa John's, Little Caesars? I can't think of others. <laughs> so, uh, my Domino's is my answer because there's a nostalgic remembrance of just being hammered at college and eating cheesy well, that's, bread. That's not and, healthy. And we have kids pizza.
1: who listen to this show. That's not so a healthy thing to put
0: that's, out there. That's, that's that. Um, when I worked at the newspaper, we would go to uh, Little Caesars every now and again. And, uh, oh, boy, that is bad pizza. Just yeah. Little not. Caesars
1: pizza is like cafeteria
0: yeah, pizza. Not, not, it's, not, it's not inedible. Don't get me wrong. But it's no. not. Like, if, I want, if you said to me, hey, you know, there's a Little Caesars and a Domino's right there. It's Domino's a million times out of a million.
1: Domino's pizza close. is not good,
0: but I do. It's the best like of it. the. Yeah, it's the. It's I do the, like it more than it, I should. It, it, it's kind of like the McDonald's conversation we had. You know it's gross. You know it is. But yeah, if you, you only know have it every now you know and again, know it's killing you. And like yeah. the, the Domino's when they have that like cheesy garlic crust, there's nothing nothing better than that. Yeah, especially as a drunkard. Um you, There's. I don't know if they still I'm have it, but it. does. Uh, does Little Caesars still have the crazy bread, which is like crudely shapen breadsticks that have like just oil and grease and a little bit of bad Parmesan cheese on it? I haven't had Little Caesars in I, I long time. I haven't had it in nine, maybe ten years because I was at the newspaper. No, then it's not that long. Actually, I'm I'm sorry, I'm a liar. Um, six years, maybe five years. Six years for sure because I've been. When I Fox get Domino's, I like years.
1: to get those little cinnamon.
0: Stick things? No, not. Uh, yeah, that's what I like. Not me. Ooh, this is a uh, new edition. Phil, is it Coker? I think it's Coker. I should probably. You don't even know what enough. his last name is. But this us. is a this is a dangerous question because I didn't want to talk about this. Joe, yeah, about given that? your professional degree as a frogologist, which frog in your oh! estimation is the best frog? Hashtag wizardy. Um. Do I want to talk about this or do we want to save it for our special podcast?
1: Well, now you got to talk about it. Well,
0: should I just give a teaser?
1: No, you do the whole story
0: or none of the story. But
1: the answer is poison dart frog.
0: All right, so I'm just going to tell the story. Because it's now it's been to, brought man. up. I have You've to teased I don't have a choice. It. Yeah, I've sees that it, it's Phil, just it is what it is. This is all Phil's fault. Yeah, been I expressly for like a week. said in the in the chat, once this information was figured out, like He's a wild card. Don't, don't release this. Yeah, he's he a wild card. He doesn't care. He just does what he does. He's got um, the breaks. So I when I was seven years old, I received a gift from my aunt. It came in a bag and it was basically dust is the only way that i can describe it dust in a bag it was soup and mix it, no it, it wasn't even it was sh- actually you know what sure soup mix is fine or like what you would get if you tried to make like onion dip like it was just it was like th- just like a powder yeah, soup mix um and you put the powder in water and it's called grow a frog and i it birthed or like unfroze or however it worked. like you put Rehydrated. That like, yeah, like a, rehydrated a tadpole. Like an MRE in the middle. That military. grew into a frog that lives underwater, whose name I named Wizardy. Because you were seven. Because I was seven. The frog is still alive today.
1: Yeah, Joe told me this after we wrapped our last podcast. like yes. After we stopped recording, and I was crying laughing because... <laughs> He said something along the lines of like, oh, you know, Britt just reminded me I have to feed the frog. And I was like, oh, you mean feed Stanley, the dog? And he said, no, I have a frog. And I've known Joe for, what, Joe, like seven years?
0: Yeah, I would I would say so.
1: And never once has there been any mention of this frog. I've seen maybe a hundred pictures of Stanley and already several thousand pictures of your baby. But no mention of this frog. And then I didn't believe Joe at all. I I demanded he send me a picture. The frog exists. Uh, And then Joe told me he contacted the people from the Grow a Frog thing because of uh, Wizardy's unusual and, dare I say, unnatural long life. And they said, oh, no. Apparently, frogs. Every once in a while, frogs live that long. Every once in a while,
0: but I'm actually on I'm the website.
1: Up, it says they only live. The record is 15 years, and you've crushed
0: that. You I, I'm it. gonna. I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna Google. I'm gonna go to my. Where is it? I have to. I'm gonna go to my inbox, and I'm gonna find their response. Um, because they were, like, not really impressed. How big is Wizardy? Like, uh, in terms of, like, coins. Like, how many quarters? Uh, it's just, uh, you know. Is he bigger in, than no, a golf ball? No, isn't, quarters isn't a good way to look at it. Okay. Uh, yes, bigger than a golf ball for sure. If you have, like, a regular-sized iPhone, he's probably half the size of that. All right, here we go. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> this is my email. Holy. This is my email. 31513. I sent this email on March fifteenth, two 2013. To whom it may concern, we bought two frogs <laughs> when I was seven years old. They are still alive today. I am now 24. They have had multiple babies, and one of them um, – we had kept and survived, although he died recently. That was Odie. I'm curious what the average lifespan is of these frogs. I can't imagine it's typical that one would have these frogs for over 17 years. Is that normal? We love them very much, but it's unheard of that they would be so old, I would assume. They really responded the next day. Dear Grow-A-Frog enthusiasts, thank Enthusiast. you for your email. Grow-a-frogs average about a five-year lifespan. However, as you know, in some instances, they can live much longer. 17 years of age is a very old (laughs) grow-a-frog. We do not want to jinx this, but in some instances, they can live even longer than that. We know folks with 20-plus-year-old frogs. That's ridiculous. To connect with folks (laughs) with older grow-a-frogs, we invite you to check out Maurice the Frog's Facebook page. Best regards, Gilly. Gilly. Gilly, by the uh, way, is
1: just a grandmother and a frog enthusiast who
0: lives so, in a So, you know, Wizardy at this point, like, that was five years ago. That's a long time. Wizardy can, can almost vote. Oh, wait. Can he vote? V- Wizardy is 20. Holy hell. Yeah, Wizardy is 23 years old. God damn No, it. 22 years old. So he could actually drink. Wizardy can drink. So that's the story. I grew a frog out of a bag. And the frog is still alive 23 years Essentially,
1: later. what was in that bag was just dried frog semen and eggs, I'm, I'm guessing. I,
0: I actually, I, I don't know if they, like, froze the tadpoles or something. I don't know.
1: Well, something, something unnatural and ungodly happened.
0: <laughs> well, or, or maybe it's a miracle. Maybe I have a miracle nature. frog. Did you ever think of that, you son of How a bitch? How many
1: times have you had to reorder frog food?
0: Oh, multiple times.
1: Oh, they've got you over a barrel.
0: Well, they absolutely do. I have to. I just ordered like six new things because I can't let them die.
1: I asked you the other day because, you know, a frog is an amphibian. It doesn't really. Like, you know, how. There's a. Pets are a fascinating thing to me, just the, our relationship with animals. And frogs are, of course, not mammals. They don't really have a complex brain, they, they don't really have emotions as we understand them. And I asked you, would you be sad? If Wizardy died and you explained to me that he had already kind of died uh, and like got out of his little tank and dried out and you were about to flush him. But then you tried just putting some water on him and he rose from the dead. Uh, no, the
0: story is actually like actually way more crazy than that. My wife calls me and she she FaceTimes me while I'm at work and she says, oh, my God, look at this. And she shows Wizardy on the floor so i excused myself and i said hang on a minute i need to go into the hallway where no one can hear me so i can yell at you and i said why are you showing me this video why aren't you fixing wizardy so the way she found him was the dog stanley was just barking at him because he didn't belong obviously where he was he was so, a threat right he, he was, was a, threat. a threat absolutely so Stanley's barking. Brittany finds him. Brittany says, what should I do? Should I flush him? You know, he's dead. He's not moving. Should I flush him down the toilet? <laughs> and I said, yeah, if he, you know, flush him down the toilet. And she was like, no, I don't want to. You do it. And she put him back in his cage. And he remained motionless under the water for, I don't know, four hours. And then the next thing we knew. He had risen. He, right. He, he, he like returned. So, he was alive again. I, I don't, like, it's, it sounds, you know what, it sounds pretty goddamn creepy, but it is kind of creepy that he survived that, that type of a... Uh, well, they're not like us, Joe. It's
1: a they're whole, not, no, It's a whole different ballgame, like the yeah, amphibian. Yeah, it's
0: definitely, it's a definitely a different ballgame.
1: I like to game, think sure. of the alternate history where Wizardy got flushed, and then he's now ruling an underground kingdom.
0: I, I think about that a lot, like, a what would have happened if he was flushed, because he, he was alive, obviously. He would be so alive. If, yeah, he would just be like in the sewers, just just waiting to like feast on people. I, this, I don't even is, know what to say. This, this to you. has gotten dark. Yeah, it's just an incredible. I mean, really this the
1: story has been in my head for like a week and a half.
0: And it's still, it's an amazing. I mean, wizardy. I just want is more.
1: Just, I just want more details about wizardy.
0: When you come to my house, you can visit wizardy. You can yeah. see him. You, you can you can interact with him. You can. I'm let gonna his bring eyes. Him, speak like a little, into your soul. Like little, those little castles you put in fish tanks? Uh, see, we used to have one, but he doesn't... It's it's not a good scene. He doesn't really understand what the castle is. Well, of course he, he doesn't like, understand. Do you think fish understand what the castles are? No, but he like he's strong enough that he can fly into the castle and hurt himself. Well, how big is his tank? Um, Maybe the size of, like, a laptop. Oh, okay. And it has, like, a little rock in there for him to play with, and he just hangs out. You ever think about getting Wizardy a lady? Do you know
1: Wizardy's gender?
0: Wizardy is a boy because Wizardy mated with Froggy, who was the girl, and they created a child, which was also supposed to be impossible. What the hell are you talking about? He has progeny? He, he's, <laughs> he's, he's mated? Mated and had a child, Odie, who died. What? Odie died and the died. What happened Froggy to his wife? Died. Froggy died. Froggy jumped out of the cage and... Whoa, and whoa, 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 whoa. There's no way that frogs breed and make one baby. That just- no, th- so this is, this is again, a very dark story. They, Froggy would have, like, 50 eggs, and she would just eat them mercilessly. God damn it. And God then, it. And then <laughs> one, of them, one of them survived, which was Odie, and, like, oh, they're not supposed to be able no. to mate. And Odie survived. And Odie lived for a while. Odie had a hunchback. I don't know why. What the we, hell are you talking about? Odie had that? a hunchback, and Odie lived for, like, ten years, and then Odie died. <laughs> ten years? Was, yeah, then it was just Froggy and Wizardy, and Froggy died when Froggy was, like, 18. And Froggy only died because she jumped out of the cage, and... It, ten like, years? Yeah, it was, yes, Odie was alive for ten years. This is goddamn ridiculous. So, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man. This is just... it's It's... Saying it out loud, I'm realizing how crazy it is, but I promise you, I I swear on little baby Kalen's life that every word of this is true, and it it does sound ridiculous in my head right now that I'm saying it out loud. It does sound crazy. I just, I don't, I have so many questions, but I have nothing to say at the same time.
1: I just want to see Wizardy, and like, I just imagine him to have a, a beard, which I know cannot be the case. He doesn't, yeah. But he's, he's a... He's either a miracle or an abomination, or a little bit of both. I think a little
0: bit of both is fair. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Have you ever? Do you, like, take him out and give him pets? No, he, he has to stay underwater, and he doesn't like being touched. Like, when I take him out to clean his bowl, he needs to be, like, put in the... He, he freaks out. He just he, I have to put him in the bathtub so that he can, like, run around on his own. And not not be worried about me like grabbing him.
1: You ever think about getting him a new family?
0: No, because like the day that I do that, Wizardy will be dead, and then I'll have another forty-year-old frog on my hands. Well then, Kalen will have her first friend. Yeah, Kalen has Stanley. Who I would love if he lived to be, like, 25. That would be awesome. Well, now we're, we've entered into the awkward yeah, yes, a, dark, a dark world of dog mortality. Of dog mortality. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing friendly Dogs
1: about Dogs don't that. die, everyone.
0: They just, they just run off to heaven. Yeah, they
1: just scamper off to heaven. That's all. Chasing the mailman to heaven. That's what they do.
0: Um, we can end this podcast. What is your craziest animal that you owned? Probably an iguana. But what made it special? It escaped a bunch. It was like a pain
1: in the ass. And uh, it magic... Like, there was no way... Because it, it had a glass tank. And then the top of the tank was like a, a mesh wire situation. You know what I mean? Like a screen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one day, I got really upset. I saw he was out, and I searched high and low. And he was just chilling. Uh, you know, just chilling in the, in the bathroom and iguanas of course need like a need a hot rock like they need a heating rock to stay warm and I was worried he was going to die and he didn't die but then like uh, for whatever reason a couple days later not a couple days later several weeks later I just found him in his little iguana uh, terrarium and he had just stayed under the, the hot lamp too long and uh, cooked himself to death <laughs> what a sad
0: horrible way to go
1: yeah, it was I was probably a horrible death. My favorite pet in terms of the most entertaining to watch was I had a turtle, a red-eared slider turtle, and it ate live goldfish and like half of the tank was water and half was like gravel, like little pebbles. And what this turtle would do was he would bite the the tails off of the goldfish. And then he wouldn't eat them yet. He would just let them struggle and not be able to swim. What the hell kind of animal do you have? It was a turtle. It was a red-eared slider. A little... I mean, he was adorable, but he was also very clearly a monster. A goddamn monster, yeah! Was a horrible, horrible monster. And I got the feeling that he did kill as much for pleasure as as he did for sustenance. There was something very malevolent about his existence. My God.
0: But he well, died by... Pinning a himself goldfish biting him.
1: between his rock and the this, this side of the tank. And he pinned himself in such a way that his head was stuck underwater. And so he drowned. Oh my god, that's awful! Yeah, it was pretty terrible. Oh my god, um, you shouldn't buy
0: any more animals. I haven't had a pet in a long time. I love animals, though. You, you do, yeah. You just They just find a way to murder themselves. I mean, I've, I've had
1: bunny rabbits and they lived a very long time.
0: Well that's No no truly horrible deaths like a... uh oh, I, you know what I'm not even gonna tell that story. Okay. Um Anthony Viola, John J. Porter, Alex Gardner, John Reppy, Johnny Alo, Eric Cohn, Alexander Ricard, Daniel DeGen, Matt Bader, fifty Guy from Montana, Stink Fleeman, Mike Offit, Trevor Kempner, Gabriel Vargas, Dan Karosi, David L. Singer, Andre Shikagoff, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa, Scott Potash, Chris Habibi, James Dangles, Danny Santiago, Grumpy Smokey, Igor Zatlovsky, Thomas Osa, Crispy, and Michael Silvers. Patreon.com slash blue banter, y'all. Patreon.com slash blue banter, y'all. Um, probably not because they just donated within the past two days and this is the April payout so they'll be on the very next one um, three patrons away patreon.com slash blue shirt banter where we do hashtag glove challenge go figure that out uh, leave us a nice review five stars on iTunes that goes a really long way I really want to do the glove us. challenge I mean me too well, but we need the people I may team. end up I'm, I'm
1: not saying this I may end up doing it whether or not we get the other three patrons. All right, I know that's not going to motivate we, people. Yeah, we need, we need
0: be, become a patron, and then we'll, we'll, you know, figure this out for you. Only
1: if you can afford it,
0: folks. Um, I no, only mean, if you can times it. are tough. So Tell I don't want friend, to tease though. this too hard, but we do have a couple of big guests lined up for uh, we do some guest appearances. Yeah, I told you about them, but I don't want to say who they are yet until everything is official. For, it's Wizardy uh, the Frog. Well, yeah, w- Wizardy can, yeah, certainly. The King of the Sewers. Certainly, yeah, the King of the Sewers. Um, so we'll have a little bit the David Quinn show was the most listened to episode we've had in probably even during the season, especially at the end. Um I don't know. Uh, so the past lesson past to take away so.
1: Yeah, the lesson to take away there is that the less of you and I, the better.
0: I guess. I don't know. This is now taking another dark turn. Um we're all gonna die one day okay you know what you son of a bitch uh i think i plugged everything patreon.com slash blue banter um hashtag glove challenge itunes subscribe like do all that fun stuff and uh yeah mike is a whale anything you want to add mike
1: joe who scores the first goal of next season for the ragnars
0: meek is a banajad it's a pretty good pick
1: I'm going to say Henrik Lundqvist. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah, let's end on that note.